So this is an audio book for a recent paper we published at Outlier Ventures called MetaFi, DeFi for the Metaverse. The paper is freely available from our website, outlierventures.io. It has several authors drawn across various functions in Outlier, including some of our senior management and analysts. It covers several areas. It introduces the concept of MetaFi. It looks at how we believe the metaverse is crypto and crypto is the metaverse. It kind of sets that scene. We look at the status quo of the digital economy as it is in a Web2 context. And then we look at how Web3 and NFTs as an operating system begin to enable a more open metaverse. We then look to define MetaFi and do a deeper dive into NFTs as forms of collateral in DeFi. We propose a framework for MetaFi and how it can be a foundational enabling technology for horizontal growth. We look at the various clusters of activity in MetaFi. We propose some categories for the types of activity in collateral. We then explore the limitations as we see them today as a nascent area of finance. And then we look into this year, 2022, as to innovations that we see coming to market that may both address some of those limitations and make possible entirely new opportunities. So an introduction to MetaFi. The concept of decentralized finance, i.e. DeFi, has been steadily gaining momentum within the crypto community since 2018, built on principles of the sovereignty of wealth, permissionless innovation, and the promise of financial inclusion. The mission of various DeFi protocols and applications is to construct a digital financial system that is more open, innovative, efficient, and less extractive than the one the majority of the world relies on today, which in contrast is referred to as CeFi or TradFi. While DeFi has commanded a lot of attention in the crypto space, its adoption is still relatively low, estimated under 5% of all crypto assets being put to work as collateral in it. In 2021, DeFi achieved around $4.6 billion in annualized monthly revenues, which is less than 5% of JP Morgan's revenues for the previous year. Furthermore, DeFi is still primarily limited to basic forms of borrowing and lending against stablecoins, Ether or wrapped Bitcoin. While there is notable work being done to create bridges from centralized finance, often referred to as CeFi, into DeFi, for example, to introduce real-world and income-bearing instruments as forms of collateral, an increasingly hostile regulatory environment, low capital efficiency, and challenges around managing counterparty risk for institutions specifically makes this bridging seem a long way off. In this paper, we propose that the majority of growth in DeFi in the short to midterm will not be driven by CeFi, but instead how it can unlock value in the context of the metaverse through what we call MetaFi the decentralized financial tools of the metaverse. But what is the metaverse exactly? 
what kinds of value exist in it, and how will DeFi be combined and continued innovations in tokens and crypto assets to enable MetaFi at scale. In advance of listening to this or reading the MetaFi paper, we propose that you first download and read our Open Metaverse OS thesis published earlier in January 2021. It will give you good context as to our understanding of the metaverse and how Web3 can serve as an operating system for it. You can download that original paper and primer on our blog and website at outlierventures.io. However, in summary, the metaverse could be understood as an interface layer between the physical and virtual worlds, comprising of a combination of innovations in both hardware and software. But most importantly, an economic system parallel to the fiat financial system. And in that context, it's critical that we think about it in terms of financial inclusion. I'm going to be your guide through the paper. I'm Jamie Burke. I'm CEO and founder of Outlier Ventures. So after the introduction, the first section we look at is the metaverse is crypto. As discussed, the metaverse to us, at least at Outlier, is first and foremost an economic system, a meta-economy, if you will, that enjoys supremacy over any one digital economy, virtual world, or game, which should rather be considered a single instance of the metaverse or an individual verse. In fact, on a long enough time horizon, as the combined GDP of this meta-economy outgrows those of nation-states, so too will it enjoy supremacy over their fiat-based economies. We believe the open metaverse, at least, is an open and permissionless version of this meta-economy made possible through what we might in aggregate refer to as crypto, with a capital C. And in the absence of an alternative meta-economy today, you could, and we do, make the argument the metaverse is crypto and the crypto is the metaverse. In our definition of the metaverse, one can approach it through two main concepts. One, the interface layer, and two, the financial compute layer. The interface layer is the layer where the end user can experience the metaverse through various hardware and software technologies, such as desktop, browser, mobile app, or extended reality, i.e. XR, virtual reality, VR, and augmented reality, AR. The financial compute layer is a layer where the metaverse computation is executed, enabling a decentralized, transparent, and democratic foundation that defines the economic logic based on which end users exchange goods, services, and money, and upon which developers can build. A good example is Ethereum, which serves as a protocol used by developers to build smart contracts for decentralized applications, as well as a ledger for recording transactions among end users in the metaverse. The financial compute layer, the layer where metaverse computation is executed, enables a decentralized, transparent, and democratic foundation that defines the economic logic based on which end users can exchange goods, services, and money, and upon which developers can build. A good example is Ethereum, which serves as a protocol used by developers to build smart contracts for decentralized applications, 
as well as a ledger for recording transactions among end users in the metaverse. In the context of the first points, the interface layer may take many shapes and forms in these early nascent days. And it's important to stay open-minded as we progress technologically and conceptually. So when we refer to the dawn of the metaverse, we often refer to current experiences such as gaming and virtual worlds, be that 2D browser-based or more immersive VR or AR. The financial compute layer refers to the foundational technologies that power the metaverse as we see it. As we described in our Open Metaverse OS paper, we believe the root or the core of the financial compute layer will be based on technologies that can be categorized as Web3 or blockchain. We further argue that any digital realm within the metaverse has to be rooted in Web3 to provide fundamental property rights, interoperability, and permissionless value transfer across each respective domain or vertical of the metaverse. These technologies power a rich set of diverse applications and use cases to be developed on top of Web3. In this way, the metaverse provides a parallel economic system of decentralized ledgers that is global, transparent, and crypto-native. It provides the basis for new types of digital-first economies, the seeds of which we have observed with NFTs, non-fungible tokens, and gaming economies like play-to-earn, such as Axie Infinity. The unparalleled speed of innovation that comes from its decentralized and permissionless nature makes it challenging for traditional systems to keep up with, consequentially making it possible, especially in the context of DeFi, for the metaverse to flourish largely outside of, or at least ahead of, the jurisdiction of national regulators. Furthermore, as we observed in the past 12 months of 2021, DeFi has been increasingly criticized and scrutinized by several regulatory bodies across numerous jurisdictions. Although degrees of regulation may bring some positive market effects, poorly applied or executed regulation often stagnates innovation and favors incumbents. In the case of DeFi, several analogs can easily be made between its products and traditional financial assets. Alternatively, we believe the metaverse represents an informal economy whose products are often digital markets of goods that may or may not be reflected in traditional markets. And just as one cannot regulate every single aspect of economic activity around the globe, universally, the same will stay true for the metaverse. Given the exponential growth of economies that emerge in VR, AR, and XR environments, the scope of potential regulation is even more challenging to give oversight to, let alone execute upon over time in the metaverse. It is our firm belief that the DeFi components which will finance and develop the growth of the metaverse will enable unprecedented levels of financial inclusion globally. Further, we believe that the economic activity in the metaverse will promote generational wealth transfer, favoring upcoming generations who are disenfranchised by the current financial system rather than the legacy world. It brings inclusion to the digital native, digital creative, digital worker, gamer, or musician. And it will bring inclusion to individuals who have digital value that is not currently recognized by the traditional financial system from which they're excluded. Chapter two, the status quo of the digital economy. 
Today, there are billions of dollars of value currently trapped in proprietary web platforms such as social media, like Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok, or gaming like Fortnite and Roblox. What we refer to as Web2 has actively and deliberately built moats to trap that value and the user for as long as possible in order to extract as much lifetime value as is possible for the benefit exclusively of shareholders. Web2 firms generally operate on the principle of shareholder supremacy over all else, even or especially at the expense of the user. This value, in the case of social media or free-to-play games, is often primarily monetized through advertising and the profits generally not directly shared with the users themselves. Even with Roblox, where the whole premise is the ability of creators to monetize their user-generated content, UGC, the percentage they receive is only estimated to be about 25%. And this, of course, extends to music... And Scratch that. This extends to the music streaming model and programs on YouTube. In aggregate, it's estimated that the digital economy is currently worth over $11.5 trillion globally, equivalent to 15.5% of total global GDP. It's grown two and a half times faster than the global GDP over the past 15 years, almost doubling in size since 2000, with an increasing percent of the population depending on the internet for their livelihood. If we zoom into a subset of the digital economy, the digital creator economy, it is currently only a fraction of the mainstream digital economy, but its core areas are growing. These include fields like publishing, gaming, i.e. skin creation, digital art, streaming, music, film, and more. On the supply side, there are currently up to 50 million content creators in this space who consist mostly of a long tail of amateurs, about 46.7 million, and around 2 million professionals. Professional participants in the digital creator economy can easily earn up to $100,000 a month, However, the majority earn much less, their income is irregular, and the receipt of funds as they work their way through the system can take several months after delivery. We argue that much of the digital creator economy today would not be considered part of the metaverse, because value is not freely tradable across platforms and is primarily locked into the value of the platform equity alone. We can further break down the limitations of the Web2 digital platforms as follows. Firstly, they are of limited inclusion. If we take the digital creator economy as an example, the majority of its creators are financially excluded in a traditional sense because the value they create is seen as intangible, not under their control, and the income derived from it as irregular. In short, the existing financial system cannot assess the associated risk of lending to a person with this category of income and wealth compared to an individual under the regular employment of a centralized company and paid in fiat. Secondly, dynamic terms and conditions. Participants in the traditional digital creator economy cannot trust in the credible neutrality of the highly centralized services, risking demonetization and deplatforming of both content creators. For example, when OnlyFans abruptly banned adult content creators, and platforms like Facebook and Twitter regularly deplatform developers, revoking access to their APIs. In effect, the rules of participation in these platforms are not clear, consistently applied, or auditable, and can be changed at any time, unlike the code of a smart contract. 
Thirdly, siloed by design. As previously discussed, platforms make it hard to impossible to transfer value off-platform, either directly or through cashing out, and exit their closed digital economies. This leads to the establishment of monopolies, which means over time, users have no alternatives anyway, even if they could exit a particular platform. Chapter 3. Web3, NFTs, and the Metaverse. In contrast, in the Web3 world of cryptocurrencies, DeFi, and NFTs, the whole paradigm is oriented around the user and their sovereignty, both of their identity, data, and wealth. In Web3, even data itself can be a form of digital wealth and income. This means that while there are still platforms, they help primarily with the creation, discovery, or creation process, but the user is in full control of the output and can freely transfer value between platforms to resell, borrow, and lend against in a completely permissionless way. In short, transferability is a fundamental property right. Unsurprisingly, we have seen in the early success of Web3 that when moats are removed and transferability made possible, people spend more time and money on platforms they like, such as the blockchain game Axie Infinity. This is something we've laid out in our previous paper. Long-term, the metaverse and its platforms, including much of Web2, will adopt Web3 technology, business models, and principles not necessarily because it's philosophically the right thing to do, but because it's just good business. And TikTok's recent launch of NFTs has shown this prediction to be true. But the even better news is this can potentially happen without the explicit permission or adoption of Web3 by closed platforms. Instead, NFT derivatives can in principle be made to be represented and freely traded in the permissionless markets of Web3 parallel to closed platforms trustlessly through innovations in decentralized commerce infrastructure, such as Outlier, Portfolio Co, Boson Protocol. Chapter four, defining MetaFi. For us, MetaFi is an all-encompassing term for the protocols, products, and or services enabling the complex financial interplay between non-fungible and fungible tokens and their derivatives. For example, today with Metafy, an individual could use a fraction of an NFT as collateral in a DeFi lending platform. To understand Metafy, we must first highlight the two core principles of DeFi that make it possible. Firstly, it's unstoppable, and secondly, it's composable, acting as a form of money Lego for developers, which in aggregate form a highly innovative parallel financial system. Developers all around the world can openly participate and compete to provide the highest yields while ruthlessly removing efficiencies. It is also important to note that regulators can only limit how the fiat-based systems they oversee interact with DeFi, but not necessarily what happens in DeFi itself. That is, as long as projects and their teams themselves are sufficiently decentralized. MetaFi brings together these DeFi principles to the wider metaverse through a mix of non-fungible and fungible tokens combined with novel forms of community governance, such as decentralized autonomous organizations, otherwise known as DAOs. The combination of these different crypto primitives enables a fully-fledged parallel economy, bringing hundreds of millions and eventually billions of users into the crypto ecosystem over the next decade. We believe this process will be accelerated by four key trends in MetaFi. <clears throat> Thank you.
Firstly, the development of financial tooling. Previously, the DeFi stack has been the preserve of a small subset of the crypto developer community due to its technical complexity. Increasingly, however, through NFT platforms, creators and communities will be able to much more easily set the economic terms of creative exchange with users from perpetual royalties to issuing their own social tokens. Fans and communities can also directly share in the financial success of their favorite products and cultural projects. Secondly, financialization of everything. Many talk about crypto's speculative nature rather dismissively without fully understanding that this is a feature, not a bug. By leveraging MetaFi technologies, value in its flow can be captured in digital assets for everything and anything, allowing open free markets to form for a long tail of value where there's real-time price discovery, unlocking latent value as of yet unrealized across the internet and web. Thirdly, the improvement of the DAO services stack. A maturing DAO stack will allow for the collective governance of purely on-chain digital and financial service provision without the need for corporations and the services of centralized intermediaries such as banks. With the key characteristic of DAO membership being able to fluidly join and exit at discretion on clearly understood terms trustlessly. Next is the mutualization of risk. History has shown that incumbent financial institutions regularly fail to assess risk in new and emergent markets, be that basic banking services or insurance. This has led to the mutualization of risk by communities in everything from farming to shipping, traditionally through cooperatives. DeFi is already bringing the tools for community-based insurance provision to users, especially when combined with the DAO services stack. And finally, the gamification of finance. Gen Z has been showing more interest in becoming financially literate than previous generations. As a result, many neobanks offer new, interesting ways to arrange personal finances, and education platforms provide easy access to finance courses. This makes young people much more willing and able to engage with financial products than their parents and grandparents. On top of all this, we see that the line between memes and financial instruments and markets gets increasingly blurred, such as cryptocurrency Dogecoin or various meme stocks available via Robinhood, where people are much more comfortable investing and trading in internet culture than ever before. Now we're going to take a deeper dive into NFTs as a form of collateral in MetaFi. To really comprehend the possibilities of digital representations as actual financial assets you can borrow and lend against, it's important to understand the promise of NFTs as a form of collateral in DeFi. As we highlighted back in late 2020 at Outlier Ventures, NFTs, which are typically less liquid than fungible tokens, can and will be increasingly put to work in DeFi protocols. Remembering that this was well before the NFT art explosion in early 2021, the emergence of blue chip NFTs like CryptoPunks and Bored Apes, or the breakaway success of blockchain gaming category Play to Earn, led by Axie Infinity. This prediction of the combination of DeFi and NFTs is now starting to play out in everyday MetaFi. Furthermore, what is increasingly interesting to see is the interplay of fungible and non-fungible social tokens 
being generated for and by the creator class to dramatically remove the need for intermediaries that allow people to take a direct stake in a creator or community franchise and their future value creation. Social tokens are now collectively valued at circa $1.1 billion and growing. Chapter 5, a framework for Metafy. It may be most helpful to first visualize the main components of the metaverse in order to understand Metafy within it. We do this by using our previous Open Metaverse OS framework, which looks at the layers within the Web3 stack as applied to the metaverse. This consists mainly of three building blocks. One, foundations as layer 0, 1, and 2. Two, DeFi, and three, verses. Number one, foundations. This building block consists of core frameworks or protocols labeled as layer 0, 1, or 2, such as Polkadot, Ethereum, and Polygon. These core frameworks allow applications to be built on top of them due to shared application logic and security, enabling horizontal value transfer due to their uniform communication layers, allow through execution and consensus, respectively but also including bridges and similar cross-chain technologies. The horizontal axis labeled open metaverse in the diagram in the paper and its relevant components are necessarily to be included. The horizontal axis labeled open metaverse and its relevant components are necessary to be included in applications aimed at providing an experience within the metaverse. If an application does not integrate with this core layer, the application will be isolated where economic and creative value will stagnate and fade away, rendering the application unable to be financially inclusive. We see similar cases in the traditional world where services that do not integrate into the wider ecosystem fade away due to not staying competitive for the end user. Two is DeFi. This building block consists of small financial applications that are available on core protocols as described previously. These applications can be referred to as money Legos, are considered as unstoppable applications, and enable complex financial dynamics through smart contracts. And third, obverses. This building block consists of a set of domains or parallel verses that make up the totality of the metaverse. Verticals such as virtual worlds must be connected to foundational layers based on compatibility and free value transfer. Decentralized finance in a metaverse, aka MetaFi, occurs in between the intersection of the vertical and horizontal components. This is where domain-specific assets, mainly NFTs, interact with fungible components, foundations, and finance. The set of verticals within the metaverse are diverse in nature, are numerous, and the definition of each vertical may be highly subjective such that justification of a vertical definition is required. Essentially, MetaFi is a phenomenon taking place at the intersection of fungibility and non-fungibility. Foundation enabling horizontal growth. As we described previously, the building blocks of foundations consist of core frameworks or protocols labeled as layer 0, 1, or 2, such as Polkadot, Ethereum, and Polygon, respectively. Here, the protocols usually facilitate modularity, meaning each respective component usually serves each other to some extent. A direct yet familiar use case can be Ethereum L1 layer 1 framework 
providing smart contract functionalities, meaning the framework provides custom logic that can be used to create a diverse set of computer programs that run in a decentralized manner. Similar to the way Bitcoin is decentralized, but in addition to this decentralized aspect, Ethereum provides what we can refer to as smart money or money that is programmable through smart contracts. To conceptualize this simply, we will only focus on layer one. So since Ethereum provides a uniform layer where a wide range of applications can be developed through smart contracts and smart money, it has proven to be a framework delivering revolutionary services to the world of finance, as DeFi has already proven out. This concept of uniformity, meaning any smart contract on the Ethereum network can interact with each other, if programmed to do so, allows for incredible catalysts for interoperability between different services and games built on top of Ethereum. It effectively allows the DeFi ecosystem to converge with the NFT creator ecosystem. The horizontal axis of a diagram will remain a horizontal growth factor for the wider metaverse, meaning the layer zero, one, and two will continue to stay foundational to all the verticals or parallel verses that will make up the metaverse. Applications that can be categorized as DeFi mainly are centered around this horizontal layer, underpinning complex financial applications, enabling individuals to lend, borrow, and trade in the crypto ecosystem. Chapter 6, MetaFi Clusters of Activity The number of verticals and their respective definitions will be subject to continuous change as the metaverse evolves. However, we make an attempt to define some of its emergent core clusters of activity as follows. It's important to bear in mind that these clusters are enabled by DeFi applications, data oracles, and various foundational layers. A. Virtual Worlds Virtual worlds are digital spaces for the purpose of social, commerce, or gameplay, which may or may not mimic the real world and its physics. When they do, they often comprise an element of scarce land represented as NFTs that can be purchased, traded, and built on freely. The most notable examples include the sandbox or Decentraland. The NFT component, virtual land, is closely linked to the in-game currencies and or governance tokens of the virtual worlds, meaning that users can use the tokens to purchase assets in virtual worlds and to vote on improvement proposals. Adaption of virtual worlds has moved forward significantly since the beginning of 21, when only a dozen people interacted with them on a daily basis. In the last 30 days of writing the Metafy paper back in Q1, 2021, 6,500 unique addresses have interacted with smart contracts on Somnium Space, Decentraland, The Sandbox, and CryptoVoxels, which is a four times increase since the beginning of November. The Sandbox constitutes the largest share, both in terms of monthly active users, just over 4,000, and the total value of land sold to the date of writing the paper, which was just about 112K ETH, or circa $450 million worth. B, games. We can define games as digital activities primarily for amusement. What sets games in the metaverse apart is that they often comprise a play-to-earn element, i.e. that users or gamers can get remunerated in tokens for their contribution to the game. This gives rise to entire in-game economies where capital gets connected to labor to generate value. 
Axie Infinity is probably the most famous metaverse game and one of the category leaders, both in terms of users, approaching 2 million monthly active users, and protocol revenues over 2.5 billion annualized. However, there have been a whole range of play-to-earn 2.0 games with similarly elaborate economics, such as racing games like Zed Run or Battle Races, collective card games like Splinterlands, or even open-world role-play games like Ember's Sword. Blockchain gaming has also seen significant adoption since the beginning of the year of 2021. Almost half of blockchain active wallets are now connected to games, with the top 10 blockchain games collectively boasting 4 million monthly active users. C. Avatars. Avatars are specifically designed to create unique digital identities and representations for users, including interoperable 3D avatars usable in a variety of metaverse spaces and often made en masse as generative PFPs, profile picture projects. PFPs, which can be thought of as prestigious social clubs, are enhancing NFTs as the basis of their projects with fungible tokens, often including functions like governance rights or other utility and benefits. Popular projects like CyberKongs and Subducks distribute native tokens to certain rarity classes of their NFTs. In the case of CyberKongs, by holding a Genesis Kong, one earns 10 banana tokens every 24 hours. These tokens can then either be sold on Uniswap or spent in the banana store on upgrades name changes, wearables, etc., as well as on breeding. 600 bananas needed to be burnt to breed a new Kong. D. Wearables. Wearables are digital objects that can be manifested and shown off in the metaverse. These are currently most relevant in games, but will spill over to other metaverse categories in the near future. Designer brands are increasingly using NFTs to tap into 2.7 billion gamers around the world, Gamers can now own unique skins designed by top fashion brands and showcase their tastes in fashion and design to millions of people online. For example, Balenciaga partnered with Fortnite and designed four virtual outfits, and Burberry collaborated with Mythical Games to launch its fashion pieces, this time represented as NFTs. And it's not just limited to 3D environments and gaming environments. We've also seen wearables as AR augmented overlays, to be used in imagery to be shared in Web2 social media like TikTok and Instagram. E. Marketplaces. Marketplaces are digital places that match supply and demand and allow for greater discoverability of NFTs, facilitating better price discovery. Marketplaces such as OpenSea, SuperRare, and Rarible allow users to freely trade and issue NFTs directly. From there, these NFTs can then be used as financial assets. Fractionalization allows high-value NFTs a way to liquidity by fractionalizing them into fungible tokens with proportional ownership. Fractionalization is especially popular in combination with bundling, effectively resulting in an index fund solution for the given category of NFT. For example, platform NFTX and Beeple's B20 Index. The NFT boom has caused marketplaces volume to skyrocket. OpenSea's January 2021 30-day trading volume was only 1 million, while in November of the same year, it surpassed 2 billion, a 2,000x increase. F. Yield-bearing NFTs. 
NFTs can produce yields in two ways, indirectly or directly. Producing yield indirectly includes using NFTs as collateral for taking out loans and then reinvesting the loaned funds at a higher rate. NiftyFi, a particular platform involved in yield-bearing NFTs, allows using NFTs as collateral for loans in this way. Producing yield can directly be achieved by combining an NFT with yield-bearing DeFi LP tokens. The platform Charge Particles aims to provide a framework to add these DeFi elements to NFTs. Also, a persistent trend over the past months has been for NFT-first projects to add a native token, adding yet another yield-generating element to their NFT franchise. This effectively creates social token economies such as Loot, where its adventure gold currency was launched shortly after the NFTs. EtherCards is launching its dust token allocated to every existing card, depending upon rarity. Dust can be used to participate in raffles to win blue chip NFTs. There is also a significant overlap with the avatars category, where Cyberkongs and Subducks can be also considered yield-bearing NFTs. Category G, access tokens. These can be both fungible and non-fungible, although primarily non-fungible, and can give access to holders to various forms of value and utility, which can be in the form of access to a particular community, person, or group of people or experience, as well as future tokens to be minted. A good example is the Board 8 Yacht Club, a collection of 10,000 ape-based NFTs, where owning one not only gives holders access to a community discord, but also allows them to speculate on the future value delivery by the Board Yacht Ape Club franchise, including mutant ape drops and merch that can be bought freely by holding one of these NFTs. It's important to know that many of the categories we've just mentioned don't function in isolation, but in many instances overlap. For example, we're seeing the successful mechanisms that allow play to earn 2.0, like Axie Infinity, to have yield-bearing NFTs being transferred to other NFT use cases. Similarly, we've seen established crypto protocols centered around fungible tokens, launching NFTs as additional ways of interaction, such as Gitcoin selling NFTs for funding digital public goods. We expect to see more exotic combinations of the mentioned categories in the near future, as well as a creation of entirely new categories for DeFi that we couldn't yet possibly imagine. Chapter 7, Limitations Today. For MetaFi to start realizing its true potential, much still needs to be done and developed. More specifically, there's a couple of limitations in the current state of MetaFi that need to be overcome in order to bring about a notable wave of adoption. One, NFT appraisals. In order to be able to buy, sell, or borrow against an NFT, owners need to know what their NFT is worth. NiftyFi, for example, solves this by enabling users to list their NFTs on the NiftyFi platform as collateral, and lenders can offer borrowers loans based on how valuable they think their NFTs are. Appraisals are essentially done by lenders and not by an uninterested third party that doesn't have a stake in the outcome. Two, legal and governance issues around fractionalization. If you divide an NFT into 100 pieces and distribute them to different people, especially if that NFT carries rights such as voting or yield, it's not always clear who can do what, when, and how, and how those rights are managed. 
Three, standards across blockchains. The metaverse is now being built beyond solely Ethereum on different layer one or layer zero blockchains. And these blockchains are still not 100% interoperable with one another, meaning siloing of value is to a certain extent inevitable in the near term and limits the potential and possibility of MetaFi. So to fully unlock the value of DeFi for the metaverse, NFTs need to be easily insertable or pluggable into DeFi protocols, e.g. NFTs need to be traded, borrowed, lent, and borrowed against. Although today's DeFi currently only really works with fungible tokens, we expect new ways to bridge NFTs with DeFi. For example, one, fractionalization of NFTs. This means dividing non-fungible tokens into many fungible tokens that become interchangeable. One can think of these fractions as a stake in the ownership of an NFT. For example, meme creators can use asset creation platforms to make memes, fractionalize them into tokens with a high level of fungibility, and trade them using DeFi DEXs like Uniswap. Notable projects that are fractionalizing NFTs include the likes of Fractional or DAOFi. Second, the NFTization of DeFi. This means upgrading DeFi protocols so that they can accept NFTs as a form of collateral. For example, builders can create assets in virtual worlds and use them as collateral to borrow against on platforms like Centrifuge or Pragmafi. Three, NFTs as derivatives, creating a range of liquid digital assets whose value would depend on the value of off-chain assets, in-game items, social capital, etc represented as NFTs, and perhaps linked to data oracles to determine state. For example, digital artists can create art, create an NFT derivative, and use it as collateral to mint synthetic assets on synthetics, e.g. stablecoins, synthetic gold, or stocks. In the final chapter, we look at MetaFi in 2022 and beyond. In summary, MetaFi, or Metaverse Finance, is an all-encompassing term for protocols, products, and or services, enabling the complex financial interplay between non-fungible and fungible tokens and their derivatives. It comprises fundamental building blocks of the blockchain space, such as foundations of layer zero, one, and two, the DeFi stack, and various verses. MetaFi inherits the two core characteristics of DeFi protocols. It's unstoppable and composable. Its development is driven by a couple of key trends, such as the mutualization of risk, gamification of finance, growth and availability of financial tooling, and then DAO services stack. Hopefully by now, we've made clear MetaFi in its current form is in a nascent state. As mind-boggling as some of the features are, we are now only beginning to scratch the surface of the possibilities it will unlock in the medium to long term. However, based on what we see in the market and going through our accelerator each year, we expect the following developments in the short to midterm. One, combinations of different MetaFi categories and the creation of entirely new ones, e.g. user-generated games in virtual worlds with their own economies or yield-bearing non-fungible assets such as wearables or avatars. Two, Improvement in UX and UI of the financial MetaFi projects, probably incorporating elements of VR and AR. In order for MetaFi to truly take off, it needs to be understood and more seamlessly experienced by everyday people. 
Thirdly, further innovation in DeFi 2.0, transferring to MetaFi, similar to the kind of innovation we've seen with Olympus DAO and Alchemix. We need better solutions to fractionalization of NFTs, especially catering to the legal and governance issues, as well as NFTization of DeFi. Fourth and finally, improvement in the foundational technologies like layer ones, which will lower transaction fees, increase throughput, enable scaling, and overall make applications on blockchain protocols more accessible. So hopefully you enjoyed that audiobook recording of our Metafy paper. If you're a founder working in Metafy, we want to work with you. Apply to our dedicated Metaverse Accelerator Basecamp, where our team of specialists will help you launch, finance, and grow your Metaverse startup with our powerful network of Web3 investors, founders, and partners. You can apply at outlieraventures.io slash Basecamp. Equally, if you're a mentor or investor and you want to collaborate, partner, advise, and invest in the hottest Metafy startups around the world, go to the same web URL and let us know you're interested, and we can plug you into any one of our accelerator programs and or put you on our syndicate list. Together, let's make the metaverse and Metafy open.